right, it's debate day in America. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 12 days, you are the ultimate jury. The stakes could not be any higher. Law, order, safety, security on the ballot. Open borders, amnesty, United Sanctuary States of America on the ballot. The new Green Deal madness, the pledge to spend trillions of dollars, eliminate all fossil fuels, that is on the ballot. The false promise that everything will be free, 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 free is on the ballot. Free education, pre-K through college, student loan forgiveness, free, government-guaranteed job at a government-guaranteed wage with government-guaranteed vacations and government-guaranteed healthy food and health care and retirement, all, none of these promises will ever be fulfilled you just need look at any democratic run city or state any blue state how are they doing with law and order and safety and security how are they doing with their most fundamental job keeping people safe how are these blue states or these these blue cities with these liberal activist mayors how are they doing educating our kids when we spend more per capita than any other country in the world, lousy, lou- absolutely atrocious, massive failure. How did Obamacare work out? Keep your doctor, keep your plan, save on average family $2,500 a year. Millions lose doctors. Millions lose their plan. We're paying on average 200% more. And there's almost 40% of the country that have one Biden Obamacare exchange option. It's on the ballot. Packing the courts on the ballot. Ending the filibuster on the ballot. Amnesty in the hopes that, of course, people will will take something of great value and forever vote Democrats for 15 million people on the ballot. Uh, statehood for D.C. elsewhere on the ballot. They want a Democratic Senate majority in perpetuity. Corruption, obviously, that's on the ballot, too. I mean, it's I've never seen anything like this. Now, something is happening. We we had uh, the the head of the uh, Trafalgar group on yesterday going through all the swing states. This is every swing state. This is as winnable a race for Donald Trump, more so on paper than it was at this point in 2016. Does that mean that Donald Trump is going to win? No. You, you know, he won Michigan by a little over 10,700 votes, Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes. Not a lot in Wisconsin. I think 0.7 percent. He was able to squeak out Wisconsin. One of the biggest surprises in that poll I pointed out yesterday was 46, 46 in Minnesota. Now, it's Arizona looks very tight. That's a very that is a critical state for Donald Trump to win. North Carolina, another critical state. Florida, Ohio, they're always critical. Georgia is always critical. And then all of these, you know, the Wisconsin's, the Michigan's, the Minnesota's, the Pennsylvania's, you know, they all matter. We're now. Well, anyway, Brasmussen has the president's approval rating now up at 52 percent. I got to give the president credit, though. We'll get into this later in the program. I mean, I watched this 60 minute interview that he dumped the whole thing. Now, 60 Minutes, it, Linda, remember Leslie Stahl was calling everybody I know, even yeah, talking totally to friends was. of mine that worked in the White House. Can you please tell Sean Hannity to do 60 Minutes with me? And I'm like, I'm not doing 60 Minutes. 
Because what they, they will, you get as much time as you give them. They will then cut it, slice it, dice it, tear it up, build a narrative around it. And by the time I, I'll be unrecognizable by the time that interview uh, ever airs. That they already never... happened to you once. Who did that happen with the last time? Were they no, that was um, Ted Koppel. Ted, Ted Koppel. Koppel. I give, by the way, I, I shouldn't say this now. I did have a copy of it. But I chose yes, I, know not, you I should have released it. Yes, you should have. We all told you to do it, but you were like, no, that's not nice. I don't want to do that. Yada, yada. I'm just, I'm, I'm just stupid. They would do it to I, you? Uh, that, was, that was stupid on my part. But the president rightly released it. And then CBS, this is unprecedented. This is unfair. Where are the premier news? Well, now they don't get to go into the edit room, cut, slice, dice, and build a narrative around an interview to make it look like something it, it absolutely wasn't. The president sat with Leslie Stahl. By the way, I could not believe it. Leslie Stahl is so clueless. She's arguing with the president over whether, in fact, that the Trump campaign, this is now irrefutable, incontrovertible evidence, no no FISA application without Hillary's bought and paid for dirty Russian disinformation dossier. It doesn't exist. And she doesn't even know about it. And I'm like, man, these media people with their little blue checks on Twitter that talk in their bubble to each other, they're just absolutely clueless. Humpty Dumpty got his ass handed to him on a debate that he was in uh, defending the the Trump-Russia collusion hoax narrative that they peddled over at Fake News CNN uh, for all these years. No wonder nobody wanted to buy a stupid book. Unbelievable. But anyway, so the president gave the whole thing. And, and by the way, he was spectacular with her. And she's just aggressive and wrong on facts and absolutely has no knowledge of anything beyond that which her media mob cohorts and friends talk about. And uh, they, they see, that's where a- I disagree with you. I think she knows everything. I think she's been told to shut up and she's doing it. No, because I, she I just, wants to be like, they all want to no, be like Sean. Well, they all want to be like, they all want to go to the White House correspondence dinner. They all exactly. want to be, pa- I was tougher on Trump than you were tougher on Trump. Can you be tough on Trump? Hating Trump is like, I know I, I hate him. I they all want the him. viral I, moment. They don't care about honest journalism. They don't not care at all. about it. None. They nope. got it wrong. They lied to this country for four straight years. You know, how, how do you have impeachment with Ukraine and ignore Joe bragging on tape? Uh, you're not getting a billion dollars until you fire a, a Ukrainian prosecutor. Think how stupid that is. You fire a, a pr- vice president of the United States leveraging our money to demand the firing of a prosecutor in Ukraine. Why, why did he do it? Well, we now know because zero experience Hunter was paid millions and it's only the tip of the iceberg. What is so fascinating, and what in, and we'll talk to Peter Schweitzer later in the program today, um, and we'll get into you know all of this in great great detail. There, there now is more evidence coming out. We now have three whistleblowers that have come out. One guy's name is Bevan Cooney. Now, Bevan Cooney is has joined forces with Peter Schweitzer. He's given Peter. He's in jail. It's Hunter Biden's business associate in jail, convicted. Devin Archer, whose name you've probably heard more often, he's just been convicted and awaiting sentencing. And now we hear from this new guy, Tony Bobolinsky, a former Hunter Biden partner, uh, confirming and corroborating the legitimacy of all of this 
this reporting that Joe Biden stood to rake in millions in this one particular case from Chinese uh, businessmen through his son, Hunter, serving as the conduit. Anyway, so Bob Alinsky, the former Biden partner, confirmed that he was the recipient of an email published by the New York Post last week. In other words, we've corroborated that dated uh, May 13, 2017, showing Hunter Biden was offered a contract worth three million dollars a year for, quote, introductions alone. Well, what does introductions alone mean? That means uh, influence peddling. That means selling access to your vice president father. Uh, That means that Joe is then therefore compromised in and of himself. And he also was able to confirm this one email. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy. In other words, when they talked earlier, we discussed this week that email and said, "Okay, well, well, 10, 20 percent is going to go to H Hunter. And now he's confirming and he will hold 10 percent for the big guy. The big guy, this guy, uh, Bobolinsky, is saying was, in fact, Joe Biden. And he's saying everybody knew that that was the case. Uh, Now, Joe Biden, every time now we've got the Grassley and the Johnson report, 87 pages. Now, Ukraine is just the tip of the iceberg, Burisma. You'd think it's bad enough a billion five deal with the the Bank of China with no experience. It's like no experience in oil, gas, energy, Ukraine. Then the three and a half uh, million dollar wire transfer from the first lady of Moscow, a Russian oligarch. No experience in Russia either. Then you got this picture. Even Joe Biden's in the picture with this Kazakh oligarch. Another wire transfer to Hunter Biden's company. And then if you ask any Democrat about it, they have a fit like you just uh, we, we, we can't talk about this. This is not true. What do you mean? It's not true. Nancy Pelosi told reporters today she's not going to answer questions about Hunter Biden's emails with his business deals when it's Hunter Biden's father that is allowing the sale of access. Well, what does that mean? That means that Joe Biden as vice president was selling access to his office which then compromises his ability to do the job, not only as president, but as vice president. And if the last name, I promise you, was Trump, it'd be a lot different. Now, back to this guy, Tony Bobolinsky, releasing this devastating memo uh, last night, confirming Joe Biden was in on the family's uh, corruption and influence peddling and selling of access, uh, also is pointing out that at, A May 2017 text message that has now been obtained by Fox News reveals Bobolinsky was warned by his former business partner, uh, James Gilliard, not to mention Joe Biden was involved. Don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know uh, you know, but know this, but they are paranoid. What are they paranoid? If you're doing everything right, you wouldn't have to be paranoid. And Hunter Biden's business partner corroborates the claim that Joe Biden was the big guy. Bobolinsky said, confirmed in the email, that in fact, yes, the email is genuine. And yes, then he provided more information of Fox News regarding the Biden's role in the deal. The email, that's the one that notes Hunter has some office expectations. He'll, he will elaborate a proposed equity split references, quote, 24H, that would be Hunter, and quote, 10 held for by age for the big guy. 
No further details. The references to the big guy in this much publicized uh, email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. And Bob Alinsky said in a statement, he explained there was a partnership between the Chinese operating through the SEFC chairman and the Biden family. And he said he was he was brought on by Hunter Biden and James Gillier, who was listed on the sender of the email. And Bob Alinsky went on to say that he he does not believe Joe Biden's past claim that he and Hunter did not discuss Hunter's businesses, claiming that Hunter frequently referenced asking him for sign off on advice and various potential deals. I've seen the vice president saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand uh, that that is not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said that they were putting the Biden family name and legacy on the line. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make billions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. He also said he believed the Chinese involvement in the deal was uh, political or influence investment on their part. Of course it was. Well, if Hunter has no experience, why? what are they paying for? Why pay millions? What are you expecting in return? Buying access. Influence peddling. Uh, I need you to do, do me a favor. I need you to step in. Can you mention it to this person and that person? Well, that means you're, you're compromised. You've been bought off. Unbelievable. Influence peddling, selling access. Joe knew the mob, the media are trying to run out the clock. Now, I've been bringing up this point, and I can't emphasize this enough. If you want to be president of the United States of America, you usually campaign. Joe Biden has spent almost the entire spring and summer in hiding his his basement bunker podcast whatever you want to call webcasts have been unmitigated disasters few have gone off well it was like amateur hour now they do have slick campaign ads that are just full of lies now we get to september and almost half the month of september you know after labor day campaigns usually gear up he's calling a lid on on any campaign activity at 9, 9.30, 10 a.m. in the morning, meaning you're not going to hear from us for the rest of the day. Now you got a guy, again, we're 12 days out of the election, took off Saturday, one event Sunday, not answering anybody's questions. He's off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, you have to dig an inch deep here. Ask yourself a question. Why would any campaign decide that it is better for, for his chances of winning if we don't allow him to leave his basement bunker. Something is radically wrong. They're hiding something. I have my suspicions, but they're hiding something. Now, can Joe pull it together for 90 minutes tonight? Yeah, probably. He's been doing nothing but been on vacation for the last week. 25 till the top of the hour, lying, hiding, and corrupt Joe Biden. Uh, the evidence is now becoming so overwhelming, so incontrovertible. This is at a level that you can hardly even imagine. We're going to get back to that in a second. One thing I've had in my career, I've been very, very blessed. Um, 
I've 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 always stayed friendly with the people that gave me opportunities uh, in my career. Uh, Bill Donovan is a friend of mine. He hired me in Huntsville, Alabama, back in 1990. I'd started radio in 1987. Uh, then I got a couple of years after that. There was Neil Bortz, my buddy, um, who's now on the Bortz bus somewhere, traveling the America. And sending me very, very, very funny uh, memes every day. Um, but anyway, he left uh, one station in Atlanta to go to another station, which opened up a, an opportunity for a host job there. And I went in and auditioned for two days. Um, and I remain friends with everybody that's ever hired me. And one of such person is on my newsmaker line right now, interrupting the second half of my monologue this hour. Uh, we call him Sluggo, Eric Seidel. Now, the interesting thing, once you work for Eric Seidel and he's your program director, he thinks that means that he is your program director for life. And if he hears something he does not like on this radio program, same with Scott Shannon. Scott Shannon has no problem calling Hannity, Shannon, you need to shut up. You need to stop. I heard that part already. Whatever. Uh, Sluggo, how are you? I'm well, and how are you? And by the way, uh, I actually had the great honor of doing your induction into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. It was my great, it was a proud moment for me in my life, and, and I know for you, and I meant it meant the world to me to be there. Well, it was a bigger honor for me, and I, I wanted to talk to you today, Sean, because I'm, I'm really worried. And, uh, and uh, we've known each other for nearly 30 years now, and yeah. we come from two different sides of the editorial spectrum. I grew up through news, and you grew up through talk. Um, we, in working together, I think we learned each other's styles, and you saw my management style. And uh, one of the things I insisted on when you worked here was a you. firewall. Between, be, yeah. Pardon me? You used to say, <laughs> Paul fire- Harvey, you, talk to, the, not ladies and gentlemen, say you, we, the people. Well, yes, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, 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 the firewall that I built between the news and uh, department and talk programming, and uh, and everybody lived with with that very comfortably. Worst call we could have received in news was saying uh, we we were inaccurate, or that we avoided an angle of our story, or we ignored it completely. Uh, those calls rarely, if ever, came. But the typical call was a listener who misheard something and we filled them in, or they didn't like a story, not because it was inaccurate, but because they just didn't like hearing the story. So those calls you could put up with. The news people I worked with for my career, more than 30 years in broadcast news, the ones who I've worked with, the ones who've worked for me, all took incredible pride in their efforts to be fair and objective. And they always wanted to be correct in their reporting. They had also 100% input in our editorial decisions. After all, they were the eyes and ears in the community. We didn't, we, you know, I was indoors most of the time. They were out. They could bring story ideas to us that we wouldn't have otherwise known about. And they would have been offended by any attempt inside that station, by me or anybody else, to censor a story just because we didn't like it or we found it objective for some reason 
Unfortunately, well, Sean, and yeah. you, you know this, today many of the largest and most influential news organizations in America, print and broadcast, are practicing unadulterated censorship, either by completely ignoring certain stories or presenting them in a very biased way, all because they prefer one candidate or party over the other. Now, this is happening on one side. It can always flip sides at some point in this country. And I remember Cheryl Atkinson, who is a brilliant investigative reporter, finally leaving CBS News because they were spiking stories she was doing on the uh, Obama administration. They never got on the air. She did the same thing on the Bush administration prior to Obama. Those got on the air. Sluggo, I said, I have been saying since 07, journalism is dead. It's not only dead, it's, and I call it, I say the media mob because they have a mob mindset. You know, I, Leslie Stahl, and I'm going to play it later in the program, just comes off as, as ignorant of anything involving the, the dirty Russian dossier. She, she acts like she'd never heard it before and spying on a president, which was the bulk of information for the FISA applications. You know, it's, it is sad when, when a talk show host, which is what I am, does more news breaking than these idiots in, in, that think so highly of themselves. There is a perversion of America and our democracy going on, and it's turning us toward the information dissemination practices of the former USSR, today's Russia, North Korea, and Iran, and some others. And I believe there are those working with the, this is the This is the point I really want to make with you. There are those working within these American news organizations, I believe, who are as, lar- as alarmed as you and I, and offended by the censorship being practiced, but are either afraid or unsure of how to take action. I and, disagree. Uh, I'm, uh, well, this is I, a serious I, Let me tell you why. Because there's nothing stopping them from speaking out and speaking the truth. The, look, Sluggo, not a single Democrat, hardly anybody in the media mob. I, I once counted the names of our ensemble cast on radio, TV, you know, people that work on, on my radio TV show and, and the few in Congress, there wasn't many of us that discovered a dirty, bought and paid for Russian misinformation dossier, you know, with funneled money through a law firm to an op research firm to Christopher Steele, whose source it now turns out to be a no, known to the FBI as a Russian operative for 10 years. That was the basis to spy on a candidate, a transition team, and a president. Now, my point, if they won't acknowledge that this cannot happen in the United States of America because of their political bias and agenda, we've lost. This is all state-run media. I had no idea in 2007 how right I was when I said journalism is dead. And, and well, they have now gone all in. Radical, democratic, socialist, and, and protecting Joe Biden. What, what, what candidate, Sluggo, takes off five out of six days with less than two weeks to go in the campaign? Why do you uh, think that I, is? Well, the, the, the politics is your area, okay? I just I want to talk to you about principle here and news values. I do believe, I remember a, a guy coming out of CNN and telling us what was really going on behind the scenes. That was unusual, but it was refreshing. I believe there may be others in these organizations who feel the same way, and they're scared. 
they've been traumatized. I, 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 I think them. it's even worse. I think there's a group think. If you go on any social media and you look at the blue check so-called journalists that, that you know, thumb their nose at uh, people like me or that do what I do for a living. And they they just think that they're right. The ends justifies the means. Once you buy into this sick, twisted socialist ideology, propaganda and advancing the goal becomes more important. Destroying Donald Trump is the single driving force that they all have in common, even if it means, you know, tilting an election with big tech companies and big media companies that are in the tank for Joe Biden. President was right with Leslie Stahl. They'll never ask Joe Biden the questions he needs to be asked ever. They're not going to do it. But you see, Leslie, you're talking about the headline people, too, the people out front, the people in public. I believe there are people behind the scenes. There may not be many, but who are, could come out. This is comparable to a whistleblower in government coming forward. That's in my mind. I don't think it's completely unanimous right down to the very smallest person in every news organization. This cannot be the America that you, anyone listening right now, that you want for yourself, your children, your grandchildren, and the generations that follow them. It can't be. This is too dangerous. Sluggo, we are in the middle of an informational crisis in the country. And let me add one point to this. If, and you know this because, you know, we've stayed friends. You know the, the, the amount of scrutiny and the amount of money that is being spent to drive people like me and Rush and Mark and, and all these great conservative radio hosts around the country and a few of us on Fox News that have a different viewpoint they want us done. They want us off the air. They want us silenced. There's millions of dollars that have been spent propping up organizations that spent all day long, 24-7, 365. They tape every word, every sentence, every phrase in the hopes that we might say one thing that they could use to bludgeon us and, and silence our voices. It's real. This is the United States, Sluggo. I know it's going on. I, I agree with you. I know it's going on, and it just scares me to death. That that is, if this is allowed to continue and nobody speaks up, we are in deep, deep trouble. Sluggo, we're in deep, deep, deep trouble. I can confirm that. Um, listen, I could talk to you all day. I'm, I'm going to get back to the news. Uh, you were a great boss, except you tried to hide information from me, which was really mean of you. It was awful. <laughs> you know, you do, they do these perceptual studies on hosts. And the listeners weigh in on whether what they like or don't like about a host, and you wouldn't share the information, so I had to borrow the book. No, borrow. You broke into an office. I did. Stole it. <laughs> I didn't steal it. I, I put it back when I was done after I read it because you weren't going to share it with me. By the way, it was very enlightening in the end. I realized how I can be a better host because I learned. And you, you finally understood what I was trying to tell you all along when you read that. <laughs> Not exactly, but all right. Well, you can spin it any way you want. All right. Eric Seidel, Sluggo, thank you, my friend. God bless you. Okay, Mr. Curley. okay Sean, take care. Documents provided by Hunter Biden's business partner have now blown this whole scandal wide open. This guy, Tony Bobolinsky. Now it's gone to the U.S. Senate investigators, the Senate Homeland Security Committee, the Senate Finance Committees. And he has the text messages detailing the negotiations between Chinese nationals and the Biden crime family, which is what I'm referring to it as. It, selling access family and text messages reveal the details of the negotiations. How is it that all these hundred business partners end up in jail? Another hundred business partner 
has been moved from a federal prison cell. This guy, Bevan Cooney, who's been working with Peter Schweitzer, will join us in the next hour. He's now flipped on the Biden family, sharing all of the emails that corroborate everything we believed and more. The FBI now sought Hunter's laptop to probe money laundering. We were able to break this on Hannity last night. We obtained the documents indicating that when the FBI seized Hunter's laptop from hell, that they were actually investigating money laundering, a real investigation. One document designated as as an FBI receipt of property. Uh, and the document had a case ID filled with a handwritten number, 272. The number 272 is the Bureau's classification for money laundering. Why didn't Director Ray tell us earlier? He had this in December 2019. Hunter Biden's business associate told, don't mention Joe being involved. Only do it when we're face to face. I know, I know that, uh, but they're paranoid. Ron Johnson has rightly urged the the, uh, DOJ inspector general to investigate possible FBI cover up. They've had this since December 2019. December 2019. Now you got the business partner of Zero Experience Hunter confirming the emails detailing Joe Biden's push to make millions. That's influence peddling. That's cashing in on your office. Hunter Biden's associates viewed his name as currency. They bragged about a pipeline to the Obama administration. The CEO of the Hunter Biden tied uh, firm agrees now to provide all of these documents. This is a big deal. It's only 12 days out. You know, the sad part is, is we already knew it. You're not getting a billion dollars. Unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor, what vice president would ever threaten a country with our tax dollars to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor? Victor Shokin's his name. Why did he, why did he say, and you'll have six hours or you're not getting the money. Son of a bee, they fired him. Hunter Biden admits no experience. Billion five with the Bank of China. Three and a half million from the Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow. Wire transfers with a Kazakh uh, oligarch. Shopping sprees with a Chinese national. You can't make this up. It's sad. And the mob, the media, which we were just talking about, they don't know no interest in the truth. All they know is they hate Donald Trump. It's been four years, every second, every minute, every hour of every day. Now they're the biggest contributors to the Biden socialist agenda as is big tech companies that are censoring conservative articles. Sean Hannity Show, we are just now less than five hours away from the third, the final debate between uh, Biden and President Trump. Uh, The president now planning to bring Hunter Biden associate Tony Bobolinsky as a guest. He is the one now that is confirmed that, yeah, in an email that uh, this was a push of, of influence peddling at a high level involving millions of dollars. And that's what the Chinese were expecting in exchange uh, for doing business with zero experience Hunter and company. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, some shenanigans earlier today, uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett voted out of committee unanimously. Democrats boycotted the meeting. Crybabies that they are. They didn't show up. Uh, anyway, Ilya Shapiro is with us, author of the recently released book, Supreme Disorder, Judicial Nominations and 
the politics of the highest court. Carrie Severino, chief counsel, policy director, Judicial Crisis Network. Jordan Seculo, executive director, ACLJ, co-host of J Seculo Live, author of the bestseller, The Next Red Wave. Uh, thank you all. Uh, Carrie, I know you only have a limited time. Let me ask you, is there anything now, the, the vote is scheduled for next week. That is the 26th in the United States, a full Senate. Will Amy Coney Barrett get the votes needed and will she be on the Supreme Court? I think she absolutely has the votes and I think she's going to do it. There's a lot of procedural gimmicks and roadblocks the Democrats are going to try to pull up. I don't think they're going to be successful. You know, we can't rule out that they're going to try some crazy last-minute smear campaign like they did with Kavanaugh and Thomas, but barring something out of control like that, I think she absolutely has the votes. I think that's why they are so incensed and crazy and already talking about things like packing the Supreme Court because they can't stand the idea. We would have another judge in the court who doesn't want to do politics but just wants to read the law and the Constitution. If you think that's a problem with the court, then uh, you don't understand what the court is for. And I think that's what we're seeing here. They really would rather see judges acting like politicians than acting like judges like Amy Coney Barrett does. Well, the the interesting thing is they might still have a 5-4 court based on how Chief Justice Roberts uh, uh, votes lately, um, which I find incredibly disappointing. Um, But uh, I have no doubt. Is there any procedural move now short of them getting... Uh, some Republicans not to vote on it or disallowing the vote. But Lisa Murkowski said she she's going to let the vote go forward. Did she not? And Mitt Romney said she, he's going to vote to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know, like Murkowski wasn't even necessarily clear she would be willing to vote in favor of someone. I think after seeing the masterful performance that Barrett put on last week, it's very hard for anyone to say, yeah, I don't think this woman is just beyond qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. Sure, I mean, Schumer's trying stuff. He's trying to get them to, to put the Senate out of session. And, you know, it, it, none of it's going to work. It's all gimmicks, kind of like the Senate Judiciary Committee members, the Democrats boycotting the session today. It's, you know, it, it makes for fun TV for them. They got to have a press conference instead of actually doing their job and going to the Judiciary Committee meeting, uh, but it's not actually going to stop them from moving forward. What they're trying to do is pretend, again, in this process, they keep on saying it's illegitimate, it's illegitimate. They're going to raise procedural excuses and say, oh, because you didn't follow this thing, then the whole process is illegitimate. Now we have to pack the court. Look, is there any is there any Republican like do we know what Susan Collins plans to do at this point? I don't think we know. I think but I I think she has is likely a vote. uh, If not uh, against the nominee, maybe it may be a vote just present uh, because she has been she has been kind of pretty clear from the get go that that she wants to follow that same procedure that was done in 2016. I understand, you know, her position on that. I think there still clearly are obviously the votes to go forward. And so I think you're going to see those those 51 votes and then some. You might even see, you know, once you get over that threshold, you may even see people like Joe Manchin being willing to vote for. He doesn't want to be the 50th vote. He's certainly not going to be the deciding vote. But I think it's going to be hard uh, for people like that to go back to their districts and say, hey, here's this outstanding role model of a woman, and I voted against her. I would hope that, you know, in any other normal year, you would have seen this be a unanimous confirmation like Justice Scalia's was. All right, Carrie, thank you for being with us. Uh, Chief Counsel, Policy Director, Judicial Crisis Network, Ilya Shapiro, your take on where this stands and what do you see going down on the 26th? Is there anything Democrats can do to stop it? 
there are no pr- more procedural roadblocks, and I trust Mitch McConnell. Uh, he, he's a master of Senate uh, parliamentary procedure, so if he says he has the votes and there's going to be a vote on Monday, then that's what I would put my money on, barring a truly black swan event like a majority of the Senate coming down with COVID and physically not being able to be in the chamber. And Jordan, your take? I think it was a great day. Uh, to, to, first of all, to, by the Democrats moving to uh, boycott, they you got a unanimous vote. That's how it'll be recorded in the history of the Judiciary Committee. And uh, and then that she was, uh, you know, this this uh, favorable uh, towards confirmation. And and again, I think that they can play politics with it all they want. Uh, I don't think what they wanted to see was the American people seeing them vote against her. And yet they're going to have to do that. Uh, again, uh, come Monday before the election, uh, because she has become so popular nationwide. Now that you have Romney in the camp of Amy Coney Barrett, he said he's on record saying he's going to vote to confirm her. Do we know what Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins are going to do from your perspective? Because Murkowski uh, wasn't going to allow it to proceed, but she said that does not does that does not mean that she won't vote now that there's going to be an up or down vote. I actually think, Sean, that that there's a chance Lisa Murkowski does allow this vote to proceed. And I think it's almost 100% that either way she votes on that, she's going to vote to confirm Judge Barrett. I, so, I, so I feel confident that at least she will vote to confirm. And I think that there's more room there than there is for Susan Collins for her to actually kind of change her position after, because she met with uh, Judge Barrett after the hearings, actually. She, she, she brought in Judge Barrett to her to her Senate offices, and I thought that was a great sign to show that it wasn't just about voting for her, but maybe changing uh, procedurally her position as well. So the president and Joe Biden debate tonight. The president now, it's been announced, is bringing Hunter Biden associate uh, Tony Bobulinski as a guest to the debate. He's the guy that confirmed the details of this push to make millions and millions of dollars from China. You know, when you put it together with, you know, what we are able to confirm from the hard drive and the department of, of, and we now even have the FBI acknowledging they have it, that there's been a criminal investigation. But if you look at zero experience, Hunter making millions in Ukraine and Joe Biden leveraging taxpayer dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired, then you do look at the $1.5 billion deal, uh, private equity bank of China, then, uh, uh, shopping spree for Hunter and his family with the Chinese national, then three and a half million dollars, a wire transfer from the former first lady of Moscow, a, a Russian oligarch, and then a Kazakh oligarch transferring money as well to Biden's firm. Um, do you see, well, I, I don't know what the proper term is. Are we going to call it influence peddling? Are we going to call it selling access? Uh, does it not compromise national security? Is this not a kickback of some kind? Does this maybe explain why Joe Biden thought it was xenophobic to have the travel ban? Jordan, we'll start with you. Yeah, no, I think that this, this is all of that. I mean, I think that the, the idea is that it wasn't just this wild son trading on his dad's name, making promises maybe he couldn't actually you know, pull out, but saying, hey, if you want access to my dad, the vice president, you've got to go through me. Uh, which is kind of the story they've almost kind of played out. As you know, Hunter's had a lot of trouble. He's got a lot of this, so don't don't believe what you're reading. And then what what uh, the guest, the president, confirmed tonight is that you know he was part of one of these companies, and it abs- and it absolutely was Joe Biden who was taking you know 10 percent off the top of all these deals. Which now makes more sense about why he wants to deflect. Is that if he was, 
it's certainly it's exactly what the State Department was raising. We had State Department officials say this is a problem for our national security. Your son, Hunter Biden, is causing a problem for national security and our foreign policy as it relates to Ukraine at a time when tensions were extremely high in that region. You had Russia annexing part of Crimea. You had a war going on. And remember, it ultimately ended up being the, the uh, Obama-Biden administration that decided not to send lethal aid to the Ukrainians trying to defend their territory from Russian advancement. So you have two of Hunter Biden's associates. Bevan Cooney now is working with Peter Schweitzer, who will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, that is now a, a convicted felon. Spending, he's in jail. Uh, Devin Archer is now a convicted criminal awaiting sentencing. Uh, now you have this this other business partner, to- Tony Babalinski, uh, uh, Ilya, which is amazing in and of itself, is confirming that Joe Biden was in the loop of all of this. Do you see any crimes potentially for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden as well? Well, two weeks before, less than two weeks before the election, I, I don't think anything's going to come of it uh, in terms of official prosecution by the Justice Department. But it, it goes to a larger point about the Iranians, the Chinese, the Russians. They're all trying to wreak havoc and, and sow disinformation in our elections, as they did four years ago, uh, just to get Americans more at each other's throats. And I think uh, the responsible thing for uh, President Trump, I hope he does uh, tonight at, at, at the debate, uh, is to uh, talk about his successes and how that might be different uh, under a Biden administration. All right. But, Je- Jordan, when you look at, for example, Bobolinsky confirming that yep. the email is genuine and providing more information regarding Joe right. Biden's role in all of this. That's and right. in the email, it says that that Hunter has uh, some office expectations. He'll uh, elaborate. A proposed equity split references, quote, 20 for, quote, H, and, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. And Bob Alinsky saying that the big guy was the way that Hunter would reference his father. That's what I think could matter tonight. So I, I agree in the sense that I don't think that President Trump should spend the whole debate on this. But I think instead of making it about Hunter, we now know this is, go- this is not just allegations. It was also about Joe, even though we all suspected Hunter was kind of the funneler of the, the Biden family uh, trust fund, if you will, that was coming in internationally, um, and that he was just kind of used to be that position. I think that instead the president can take it direct to Joe Biden and say, you know, you're a reference. I've got someone here in the audience who said, this was you taking the money from the Chinese. This is you taking the money from the Ukraine. This is you taking the money from the Russians. You always got a cut. Last time we debated, you said all this was a lie. Tell the American people the truth, because I've got your former business partner here saying you always got a cut. But but, but already the media ignored, even during impeachment, they ignored you're not getting a billion unless you fire the prosecutor that's paying my zero experience son millions. The media just ignored that, Jordan. They totally ignored it. That's why these debates and things like that are, are opportunities for the president to be able to present it to people because they're not going to hear it a lot of places we're running out of you know running out of time as we just said that by, by the time an investigation would open up that would be a post-election so this is about kind of i think you know you want to talk the big picture items this is your last chance tonight in the debate about your how you want to govern in the future but when it comes to this issue hit joe biden directly don't try to just hit his son and, and the people well, now it's the, 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 the this partner is bringing it straight to joe biden it's, it's exactly. he knew and by the way we have the picture of the kazakh uh uh uh, uh oligarch 
in a picture with Joe Biden. I mean, which they denied he knew any of this. Uh, all right, Jordan Seculo, thank you. Ilya Shapiro, thank you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to some of your calls. Peter Schweitzer uh, takes this to the next level. He's been doing a new investigation about China and the Bidens. All right, Peter Schweitzer is going to break down all this new information we have. And uh, pretty interesting what the president has planned for Joe Biden tonight. This guy, Tony Bobolinsky, is going to be there. We'll get more details from uh, Peter Schweitzer on the other side of the news uh, Frank in Kentucky. Frank, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi. Hey. Hey, Sean. It's truly an honor to speak to you. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. You. Are, you are a true American hero for the work that you do. No, listen, I'm blessed to do what I do. What's on your mind today? Hey, uh, with the what seems like an insurmountable amount of evidence being stacked up against Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, uh, do you feel like there are going to begin to be calls for him to essentially drop out of the race. Is that even a possibility? Has that ever happened before? I mean, there's been a lot of speculation that, you know, look, I think the oddest thing in this campaign, and I'm I'm answering your question a backdoor way, is who would take off five out of six days with two weeks to go on a presidential campaign? Now, for this to have happened, his campaign has made a decision it is in their best interest not to see or hear from Joe than to see and hear from Joe on a regular basis. And he's just, you know, taking naps. I'm sure he's been doing debate prep as much as he can tolerate. Um, do I think the mob and the media is going to try and protect him the whole way? Yeah, I do. They're corrupt. Big tech companies, they're all corrupt. You know, they hate Donald Trump. Um, would he drop out? Kamala Harris, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think Democrats are cocky and confident they're going to win. Uh, I wouldn't be so cocky if I was them. You get the last word. Uh, one more thing. I would love to see President Trump, President Trump address that uh, tonight. And then it, it would blow me away if he basically just said, I feel like you're an illegitimate candidate with all this corruption that's surrounding you and I don't even and just walk out of the walk out of the debate. Donald Trump is not going to walk out of the debate, uh, you know, but I will tell you, even the debate commission is corrupt. You got the media mob hates him. Big tech hates him. Democrats hate him. Rhino Republicans hate him. The only one that can change this are you, we, the people. You decide. You're the ultimate jury. All right, 25 now till the uh, top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. So Secret Empire has really got the ball rolling on the the Biden, you know, family business, if you will, or the corrupt family business. And it told us a story about Burisma Holdings. It told us the millions that Zero Experience Hunter made. It told us about the one billion later, one point five billion dollar deal with the Bank of China after Zero Experience Hunter flies with daddy to China. That was about 10 days after that trip. Uh, now the Johnson and Grassley report points out it even goes deeper than we ever imagined. And that being, uh, well, three and a half million from an oligarch, the first lady of Moscow, a Kazakh oligarch wiring money to Hunter Biden and his firm. Uh, then, of course, we have, you know, Russian oligarchs, Kazakhstan oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs. I mean, th- 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 this this is unbelievable. And now. The Hunter Biden business associate 
corroborating the claim that Joe Biden, yeah, he's the big guy that Hunter's going to hold the money for. Unbelievable. Uh, Anyway, now we knew this when the whole issue of impeachment came up. It's breathtaking to me. You know, oh, the phone call with Zelensky. All the witnesses in the impeachment case were either hearsay witnesses or opinion witnesses. There was only one fact witness. And when asked, well, what did what did Donald Trump want from Zelensky on the call? What did he ask for? Nothing. No quid pro quo. But Joe leverages a billion taxpayer dollars. You got six hours. Fire a prosecutor that we now know, Victor Shokin, investigating his zero experience son, Hunter, being paid millions. And then Hunter does the dumbest thing I've ever seen a 49 year old adult do. Uh, admits it all on Good Morning America. Let's take that. This is crucial to understanding the corrupt Biden family uh, practice, business practices. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I look, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. Your father did shake hands with Mr. Lee, though, correct, in the lobby of that hotel? I don't remember, but probably, yeah, I hope so. I hope he did. He was my friend. Jonathan Lee. Yeah, for for uh, almost uh, 13 years. He was your friend and your business business partner. I understand. So really, Amy, whether I'm in New York or whether I'm in Washington, D.C., a friend and a business associate is in the hotel. And my dad's sitting there. Is it inappropriate? For me to have coffee with them? I don't so that find meeting anything was wrong. not a mistake. It was not unethical. 100% not. No. It, in the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think I, that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. It's about selling access to the highest levels of our government and compromising national security in the process. Peter Schweitzer joins us. He he got this ball rolling with his book, Secret Empires, 2018. We, we did the first interview for this book. Uh, Seamus Bruner is with us, author of Compromised, How Money and Politics Drive FBI Corruption. Um, all right. Before we get to the Ron Johnson information, what what you know about Burisma, what you know about China, you have a new bombshell that came out from these Cooney. I guess his name is Bevan Cooney. He is the hunter partner that is doing serving time in jail the other partner Devin archer is awaiting sentencing after he's been convicted but you found documents revealing how biden associates actually helped the chinese military a, a military contractor acquire a michigan dual use manufacturer and they're bragging about it tell us about 
Yeah, Sean, um, we have talked about this on your show before. This was the Chinese uh, military acquiring Hennigas, a Michigan-based dual-use technology company. Seamus has been going through the Bevan Cooney email, so I'm going to let him go into detail of what we found. But essentially what we found is that they helped grease the way for this Chinese military contractor to uh, hide the fact uh, of their ownership um, uh, of the entity that was going to be buying it um, and and help secure the deal. So I'm going to let Seamus describe that. Seamus? Right. Yes, sir. So the the emails, I mean, right the moment that the deal is announced as being approved by the Obama-Biden CFIUS committee, uh, they start sending emails. These are Hunter Biden's associates celebrating the deal. Uh, congratulations, this is huge. They call it a proof of concept for their future deals, which means what they're saying with that is we can get more deals like this done, help the Chinese acquire more American companies. They use a, a little euphemism called cross-border investments. But in, in reality, this was a takeover, and uh, they're celebrating it. Uh, right as it finishes, they say, I'm going to get uh, Devin Archer says, I'm going to get on a letter, type up a letter to Ambassador Baucus, who was a uh, close friend of the Biden family. He's the ambassador to China at the time. And they invite uh, Max Baucus to this banquet celebration, and it's going to be attended by all their strategic partners and investors. These are all state-owned entities, Chinese, you know, very close to the Chinese Communist Party, some of the biggest companies in China. And they, and they kind of just, you know, pop champagne that they just took over an American manufacturer from Michigan. Let me go to this other big bombshell. There's been several smoking gun witnesses, and obviously this business partner allowing both of you access to his emails, some 26,000 of them, if I recall, uh, Peter Schweitzer. Um, But now we're discovering even more every day as it relates to the evidence that is available. Now, Tony Bobolinsky, who is listed as a recipient of an email found on Hunter's laptop, which detailed this business arrangement involving a, a, a Chinese company and the Biden family confirming that the email is a genuine and giving more information. And it notes that Hunter had some office expectations. He'll elaborate uh, a proposed equity split referencing 24 H, meaning Hunter 10 for H uh, help by H for the big guy with no further details. The reference to the big guy, which in is, been much published now is a reference to Joe Biden, and he confirmed as much that Joe Biden knew. So now this gets to the vice president of the United States, you know, selling access, influence peddling, whatever words you want to use, Peter. But this is devastating evidence. Yeah, you're exactly right, Sean. Uh, And to be clear for the audience, there are actually two whistleblowers uh, that we are working with. One is Bevan Cooney, a former business partner of the Bidens that has given us access to 26,000 of his emails. He is currently in prison. The other one uh, that we have uh, talked to and been communicating with is Tony Bobolinsky. He's a former naval officer uh, who went into private equity. I met with him back on September 29th at an airport uh, hotel in Atlanta, uh, spent four and a half hours together, and he laid out a series of uh, communications. By that, I mean hundreds of communications that he had with the Biden family. And what stands out in his communications, this was for a deal involving a Chinese energy company called CEFC, which is linked to the Chinese military, is that the Chinese were doing a deal not with Hunter Biden, 
They were doing a deal with the Biden family, and that puts Joe front and center. And the communication where they're going to be putting 10 percent ownership away for the big guy, the big guy is Joe Biden. Um, And what's important here also, Sean, is the material that Tony's provided is these were discussions that began in 2015. Let me just read briefly from one of the messages that Tony shared. This is with James Gilliar, who is working for the Bidens. And this is a communication on Christmas Eve 2015. There will be a deal between one of the most prominent families from the U.S., the Bidens, constructed by me. And I think then this will be a great addition to their portfolios. He's discussing the groundwork that's being laid for a deal with the Chinese in 2015. Joe Biden is still vice president. When you look at the other communications, they're coming out. The Senate has them. You see people going through the collections that have been released uh, on Twitter. The communications are always referring to the Biden family. The Chinese are doing a deal with the Biden family, not just with Hunter. And that puts the vice president of the United States front and center in a deal with the Chinese. So obviously Joe Biden is up to his eyeballs in all of this. But, you know, I guess knowing that the media mob is so corrupt and we know big tech companies, uh, you know, like Facebook and Twitter, they all have their agenda, which is to help all things Democratic, Socialist and Biden. But the reality is, is during impeachment, Joe is on tape saying, I leverage a billion dollars. You're not getting it unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor. Then, of course, we know that he had no experience in oil, gas, energy or in Ukraine. The media ignored all of that. Now it extends into the the Chinese deals that you're describing. Then it extends into Russian oligarchs and Kazakhstan oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs. And now it's going right into Joe Biden's office himself. Now the question is, with 12 days out of an election, does the country, is the country capable of, of absorbing the magnitude of the selling of one's of the of access to enrich an entire family that had no experience in in any of these endeavors peter look the damage that uh the media has done by ignoring these stories by ignoring the biden corruption you know going back two years you and i talked about this in january of 2018 uh, and they have ignored this story the damage they have done to their reputation cannot be underestimated Are there some good reporters out there? Absolutely. But the media has put their thumb on the scale, uh, and they're not covering things. And I think what most people want is for them to cover things equally, and they're not doing that. I do think that people understand what's going on. I do think the fact that Joe Biden has so strenuously said, I've had no communications with my son or my family about their business dealings, um, has been shown to be, you know, completely, totally false, uh, to be a lie. And that is a reflection because people then wonder if you're going to lie that blatantly about something, what are you hiding? So I do think that people care about corruption. I do think that people uh, want answers to these questions. And then, of course, the question becomes in the debate tonight or in the days that follow when Joe Biden does go out in public and he does have interactions with the media, which are minimal, are they going to ask him very basic questions about this? I doubt it happens tonight. I, I, the only person that will bring it up is the president himself. He's the only one that will do it. Let, let's just get a minute each conclusions. What are we now to conclude about the Biden family, the Biden family business, influence peddling, selling access, 
It all happened. Now the question is, will America absorb that, Seamus? Yes. Anyone who does not is not shocked uh, by these new allegations and, frankly, the previous allegations from Schweitzer's books, um, it just isn't paying attention. I mean, the Biden, whether they like it or not, the Biden kimono has been opened. There are billions of dollars we're talking about here in all these many deals. It's China. It's Chinese military contractors right in bed with the Biden family. And it's really shocking stuff. Uh, there's more to come. And you get the last word, Peter Schweitzer. Yeah, I would add, this is not rank-and-file corruption. This is not somebody trying to get a paving contract uh, for their nephew for some county road. We're talking about foreign governments and oligarchs that don't want good things for the United States. And these are the commercial partners that the Bidens have decided to get into business with. And it compromises national security. What, at what point do we re- recognize that Joe Biden is bought and paid for by these companies because the family is making all this money? Maybe that's why he didn't want to criticize uh, China on the virus. Uh, Maybe that's why he was against the travel ban, calling it xenophobic. Who knows at this point? Maybe he wanted another billion five deal for zero experience hunter there. Uh, It'll be interesting. All right, Peter, thank you. Seamus, thank you. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Hannity tonight, right after the debate, 11 o'clock, Fox News. Hope you'll join us. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and also your calls in the next uh, hour. Straight ahead. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. 12 days, you are the ultimate jury. I I think one of the greatest jujitsu moves ever made against the media mob, the abusively biased, corrupt uh agenda driven media is the president has a very hostile interview as as if we'd expect anything other uh with leslie stall of 60 minutes it'll be interesting to compare and contrast the way the that joe biden i'm sure is giving kid gloves here um and the president says fine i'm going to release the whole tape the problem with 60 minutes that many people don't know is that they edit and they cut And they slice and they dice and they build their narrative around uh, whatever agenda that they have. Look, in the last year, Leslie Stahl went to every single solitary person that knows me and wanted me to go on 60 Minutes. And I said, no, I'm not going on 60 Minutes. Uh, Frankly, my audience is bigger than your audience. Why waste my time? You know, because you sp- you, they'll spend two, three, as much time as you'll give them, four hours. And it, be- it becomes a 20-minute segment, and they edit it any way they like. And that's what the president was facing. Brilliantly, he had his own camera in the room and recorded the whole thing and, and released the whole interview. Oh, all right, let's listen to parts of it. Are you going to say that you didn't say this? I saw you say this. Go ahead. No, you're, you're really trying to. I wish you. I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this? The, I thought. I thought. You I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But when I watch him walk out of a store, he's in the midst of a scandal. His family is corrupt. Okay, he's corrupt. He's a corrupt politician, and he's walking with a ice cream. And the question the media asks him: What kind of ice cream? What flavor ice cream do you have? And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking. Of course he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. You see know, that? Have a so you're like, you're like, you're like big tech. You're protecting him. You're you're taking something 
that was investigated by a committee. You think it's okay for the mayor of Moscow's wife to give him millions and millions of dollars, three and a half million dollars, to give his family three and a half? Do you think it's okay for Hunter Biden to say to say that we're giving we're giving the big guy ten percent of this massive amount of money they're taking in? Do you think it's okay for all of these horrible things that you've seen where they're getting hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, where China gives them a billion and a half dollars to manage the family, a billion and a half dollars, and then he's supposed to negotiate. Let me tell you, it's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and on my campaign. We can't it's been totally verified. No. It's been just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. And you're out So there. why don't you get back to your interview and let's go. It is breathtaking ignorance on Leslie Stahl's part. And it, it just so I talk often about how there's this little cabal of media people that live in their little bubble and they all have their blue check marks on Twitter and and they retweet each other all day long and they pat each other on the back of how much they hate Trump. And I hate Trump more. How does she not know that Hillary's bought and paid for dirty misinformation Russian dossier that turned out to be total bunk, unverifiable, a subsource known to the FBI as a as an agent of Russia for 10 years was used as the bulk of information to get the FISA warrant, which did spy on Trump's campaign and transition team and deep into his presidency. How could she be that ignorant? It's all oh, that's not true. It's it is breathtaking ignorance. 60 minutes, the so-called prestigious news magazine show. Joe Concha, commentator, opinion columnist, The Hill, Miranda Devine, columnist, uh, New York Post, our friend Mark Simone, host, morning show, our affiliate New York, W.O.R. I cannot believe that that's how deep inside the bubble she lives. It was sort of like Humpty Dumpty defending you know, all of their phony Russia-Trump collusion coverage uh, in a debate that he had. He looked like a fool to me, Joe Concha. I think the key quote here that you just played from Leslie Stahl, Sean, was when she said, quote, this is 60 minutes and we can't put things on that we can't verify. Well, I'm old enough to remember uh, 2004, about a couple days before that election, when Dan Rather of 60 Minutes put on a story that he could not verify based on false documents around George W. Bush's National Guard Service. So let's, let's stop pretending that 60 Minutes somehow doesn't go ahead with unverified information, and particularly all the reporting that they did on Russia collusion for two and a half years leading up to the Mueller report's conclusion that there was no actual collusion between Trump officials and the Russians, I think kind of disproves that whole statement. Hey, Joe, Sally Yates, uh, uh, you look at the FBI deputy director of the FBI, McCabe, both admitting without the dirty dossier, which was unverifiable, there would be no FISA warrants. 
How does she not know that? Uh, Miranda Devine, how does she not know that? She doesn't know it because she refuses to know. I mean, our bombshell story today on the front page with more evidence that Joe Biden is involved in his family's cash for influence scheme, this evidence is piling up. And if you only read CNN, CBS, uh, you know, Wall Street, uh, sorry, not Washington, that Washington Post, New York Times, you're not going to get that story because they are ignoring it. NPR has, it has today said the reason that you're not reading any Hunter Biden stories on our website is because they're not verified. I mean, it's the, the evidence is there. It's Mar- Miranda, verifying. he got three and a half million from the Russian oligarch, the, the first lady of Moscow. He had a wire transfer from a Kazakh oligarch. Burisma paid him millions. Joe leveraged and is bragging about leveraging a billion dollars to fire a prosecutor in six hours or they're not getting the money. That would be a quid and a pro and a quo where I grew up, Miranda Devine. It sure is. And we have emails that show that the big guy was getting 10% of these lucrative Chinese deals. We now have Hunter's ex-business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, saying that was the big guy. We now have emails that he has provided us which show that Other partners are saying, please don't mention Joe's name because they're paranoid that someone will find out. I mean, what more do you need to know for these other news organizations to stop ignoring this story? And I'll tell you one other thing, Sean, that is disgusting. This morning at 5.30, I posted on Twitter a link to... Our front page story about Tony Bobolinsky, absolute bombshell. And I also posted a link to my column today about Hunter Biden's emails. Both of those, before 6 a.m., Twitter had red flagged. And oh, uh, by the way, sorry, that's happened to me, too. Yeah, that's let me bring in our friend Mark Simone. Mark, you can't get any more corrupt. I said in 2007, maybe one of the maybe being as about as head of the curve as anybody. Journalism in America is dead. It is gone. It is buried. Now they're just mere mouthpieces for all things Democratic, radical, socialist and and Joe Biden. Well, you got to give Leslie Stahl credit, though, to be able to pull this off with a straight face. This is better acting than Meryl Streep. Can you imagine if us, if we went on here saying we have never... Well, well, wait a is it acting or is she that ignorant and unaware of real news? Uh, I think it started as acting. And, you know, when you tell a lie so long, you start to believe it. I think they've uh, convinced themselves. Hey, she forgets how 60 Minutes got started. It was not a popular show. It took 10 years, but it became number one through Mike Wallace. He used to go grab guys like these Ukrainians and say, what was this payment for? He'd confront people about paying off politicians. That's, that's what made 60 Minutes. If, if Hunter Biden was getting $1.50 for a no-show job, that would be a story. 83000 a month and a $3 million bonus for not showing up ever. And if they're still paying them five years later, clearly they were getting something for the money. Otherwise, it would have stopped after six months. I, You know, th- these are incredible times that we live in. Um, all of the money, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley, we now know who the big guy is. All of these reports, it can't be any more clear. Does this impact the race, Joe Concha? It depends on what happens tonight, Sean, because 
70 million, 75 million people will be watching. I think it was 74 million watched the first debate. So here the president has to make his case, not just around Hunter Biden. I don't know how much that changes the race because it's still confusing to people outside of the, people that are follow this stuff very closely every day. I don't say he doesn't bring it up and he doesn't try to hit Biden on it, but I know what Biden's going to do. He's going to say, well, the media has proven that this all this information is a smear campaign and not verified, and they're just going to kind of box themselves into a corner. The president has a good case to make as far as what he will do the next four years and what he has done. He could say, the economy, you either want it to contract or you want it to continue this Nike swoosh of a recovery out of coronavirus. And if you think that expanding the Supreme Court or letting 16-year-olds vote or abolishing the filibuster and just listing all the things that Joe Biden now supports that he didn't maybe in years past, who knows, uh, I, I think that's the way it's going to go. It comes down to the debate tonight, Sean. It's a big, big night for the president. I think it's a big night for the country. All right. Now, Joe Biden was off Saturday, Miranda, and Joe Biden did one event on Sunday and he got one hard question and he got mad. And then he got another question, what kind of shake uh, flavor he bought. Then he's been out of work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and today. Uh, Who does that with two weeks to go? To me, when a campaign makes a conscious decision that they're they're better off. If they never let their candidate out of their basement bunker, they're hiding something. What do you what do you what are your thoughts? They definitely are. They're hiding from the Hunter Biden story. They know that it's pretty lethal to his integrity. And, you know, he's running as the good guy. So uh, they don't want those questions. And they know that Joe's got a hair trigger temper and that he goes after people and that that would be negative for him. And uh, it's extraordinary. We've never seen a an election campaign anywhere in the world where the candidate hides in a bunker for the most of the time, and especially two weeks out. But I think in the end, it's not going to make much difference. People have made up their minds already. A lot of them have already voted. And bottom line is the most important thing in people's minds is the economy. And on the economy, even the published polls show that President Trump outpolls Joe Biden significantly. And as we continue with Joe Concha, Miranda Devine, and the great Mark Simone, you know, Mark, I can't imagine Donald Trump taking off oh, five out of six days in the lead up to a presidential election with less than two weeks to go. Could you? No, this is so identical to 2016. At this exact moment, 2016, all the fake polls had uh, Trump behind 10 points. Same exact situation. The the Democratic candidate was either coughing or mumbling or passing out. They both had medical problems. And it was the same thing with Hillary. She'd make a speech, then she'd have to go rest in bed for four days. We're seeing the same exact thing now. And I guarantee you we'll see the same outcome. Obama campaigned for Hillary. Everybody's ever campaigned for lost. He's campaigning for Biden in Pennsylvania, by the way, which shows yeah, he's paid, paid with like five cars showing up in a I don't even know what that was. Um, all right. Yeah, so yeah, predictions. you're predicting Donald Trump is going to win this win reelection in 12 days. Is that your prediction, Mark Simone? One thousand percent. Miranda Devine, your prediction. Yes, I agree. Uh, He won't win the popular vote, but he'll comfortably win, I think, the Electoral College, simply because in those battleground states, they care about, you know, guns, First Amendment rights, and the economy above all. And you get the final word, Joe Concha, prediction. All right. I just want to see if Mark Simone is still sticking by the whole Trump is going to win New York thing. That's the question, Mark. Yeah, by the way, that is a fair question, Mark. Are you still sticking by he can win New York? 
All right, will you give me partial credit if, let's say, he doesn't do he's incredibly well in New York. <laughs> Higher oh. percentage than any Republican. Oh, that's razor funny. Thin, razor thin, Trump win, and we won't know for weeks and weeks. That's oh, your prediction. Good grief. That means it's, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, no that means we don't rest. We don't get any sleep. We don't get any reprieve. Uh, thank you all, Joe Concha, Miranda Devine, Mark Simone, all three friends of the program. Thank you all for being with us. When we come back, wide open phones, final half hour. Hannity on right after the debate tonight on Fox, 11 p.m. Eastern. Quick break, right back. Your calls are next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. All right, going to be interesting, the debate action tonight. By the way, I, it is so it is so pathetically predictable and sad that we have a media that is so corrupt, a debate commission so corrupt. Uh, where, are we, where are you unilaterally going to decide this next debate? We won't even talk to the doctors, medical professionals. Uh, we will make it a virtual Zoom debate. They don't even ask the campaigns. Both, both candidates on that night did dueling town halls. And by the way, final ratings showed, yeah, Donald Trump did have more viewers. Um if you use the right if you actually add the metrics together then uh all of this about joe how is it do you imagine can you imagine for a second a republican presidential candidate disappearing with less than two weeks to go taking off five out of six days just disappearing and the campaign has made a decision that it is in their best election interest to hide their candidate from we the people now they're obviously hiding something. When Joe does go out one day, two days, three days, it usually ends up with a series of, you know, brain farts on Joe's part. This is not your your average tired candidate, you know, malaprop, making a mistake, uh, getting something wrong. He doesn't know what state he's in half the time, what office he's running for, what day of the week it is. And so they made a decision here. And the media mob is perfectly fine with that. Now, of course, with more information, Senator Ron Johnson, Charles Grassley, Peter Schweitzer, all of that. Now we've got business partners. You got Bevan Cooney. You've got this new guy, Tony uh, Bobolinsky, who's now speaking, a former Biden partner, partner, confirming that, yeah, the big guy was Joe Biden, meaning, yeah, Hunter's going to hold the 10 percent for his dad meaning that he's profiting uh, off of the, you know, influence peddling, the selling of access. Joe acts like he doesn't know anything. His pictures show up with Kazakh oligarchs. You know, could you imagine if there was a Trump kid that had, you know, that was asleep in a bed with a crack pipe in his mouth and all the other allegations that, you know, we haven't fully been able to vet yet, but it's coming. I've I've gotten briefed on all of it. I just I, I let some of you saying, well, well, you got to tell us what you know. The reason that one of the things that is signature of this program is we don't rush to judgment. I can't tell you, you know, we broke more stories over the the Trump Russia collusion hoax and the Ukrainian hoax than all the networks combined because they were in the tank, obviously, and they're all they're against all things Donald Trump. But you know, when we talked about the dossier, when we talked about the Espionage Act, when we talked about the FISA applications, when we, you know, breaking all of these stories, the unmasking of General Flynn, for example, and and when we finally dug down deep and got to the subsource of 
Clinton's Russian disinformation dirty dossier. And when we, we wait till we have all the facts, even when we have them and even when we double source it, sometimes we go back even further. Now, just because I've been briefed and I know I haven't been able to independently corroborate certain things so far, things are now being corroborated by people that are involved in the enterprise. That's what's fascinating here, because now you have Hunter Biden associates, two of which one is in jail. This guy, Bevan Cooney, uh, Devin Archer is a convicted criminal now. He's he's on his way to jail. Now we've got this new guy that comes out and absolutely corroborates every single thing with emails to back it up. This guy, Tony Bobolinsky, and the media just ignores it. I mean, the thing that was that just flabbergasted me about Leslie Stahl, she had, uh, oh, come on, you weren't spied on. I'm like, do you do you read a newspaper besides the New York Toilet Paper Times? What bubble are you living in? Or this idiot over at Fake News CNN, Humpty Dumpty. You know, knowing nothing about the the Trump Russia collusion hoax, lies and conspiracy theories that he and his network peddled every single day that went on for years with no retraction, no apologies, no correction, nothing. Unbelievable. Uh, All right. Let's say hi uh, to Joe is in South Carolina. Joe. Hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. I know that. Well, a lot of people trying to influence your Senate race down there. Barbara Streisand, Rosie O'Donnell, they're all uh, they're all trying to take out Lindsey Graham, I noticed down there, but it's not going to work. Didn't work on me. I voted early and voted for Lindsey. As a matter of fact, the other night when he was on your show, he was asking for a donation. Ran to the computer with my credit card and uh, sent him 50 bucks. But upcoming, Sean, a wide range of emotions, hopeful, scared, and frustrated. Of course, hopeful that the Republicans maintain majority in the Senate, get it back, get it back in the House, and, and Trump gets reelected. And kind of scared because these folks know how to cheat. And if they create anarchy and they win, the country's gone as we know it. You know, the extra states packing the court, you know, we're done. Who knows? The only thing that might help conservatives is, okay, let's split the country. And a little bit of frustration, I think you've harped on this many times, that the Republicans are just not aggressive. They are golfers while Democrats are hockey players, and they just don't get the message out there of you know, Trump's accomplishments and the things that the Democrats have done, the corruption there. And again, it's going to be two against one tonight. And Trump is going to have to be the candidate and the moderator. And hopefully he can work. It's going to be a two on one debate like it always is. And, you know, one of the hard things that the president's going to have to do is, okay, now Joe's going to lie. He's going to, you know, we have on tape Joe bragging about leveraging a billion dollars to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor. You know, paying is zero experience on millions. We have, you know, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley's report on the three and a half million to the Russian oligarch, first lady of Moscow. We have the wire transfers as it relates to the Kazakh uh, uh, oligarch. Uh, We have all the facts down as it relates to zero experience hunter and the one point five billion dollar deal with the Bank of China with we haven't been able to find any any evidence that he knew anything about private equity. And then the, the Chinese national taking Hunter's family on a shopping spree with massive amounts of money. Uh, and you, you're right. Uh, you have a reason to be scared yeah. because the, and the media. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, the people who need to know this are listening to the main and watching the mainstream mafia 
and they're not getting they're not getting you know the corruption and things that are going on. So hopefully uh, our man could weave in a couple of questions to make Sleepy Joe answer some things. But what I would love to see Donald Trump do tonight is look him in the eye and say, "Let's have one more debate. We each pick a moderator and let's go for it." I hope uh, I get picked. Please pick me. Pick me, please. Oh, 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 oh. I'm like the kid in the back of the room in the school in a class. Pick me. Pick me. I want to do it. Which, by the way, you know hell would freeze over. Right, Joe? It it would never happen. And uh, you and your staff and your contributors do a great job. We try. I can imagine how how tough and frustrating it is. But keep up the good work. And uh, like I said, I voted early. The line was very long. But the mm-hmm. people in Lexington County voting were very efficient, got in and out of there in 31 minutes, and uh, you don't have to guess who I voted for. Thank you for the call. We need every single state. Look, um, I'm not, I don't like to peddle fear. I, I don't. Um, the risk to this country, their stated policies will render this country unrecognizable. The power grab that Joe was referring to about packing the courts the the power grab ending the legislative filibuster dc puerto rican state uh, puerto rico state statehood you know the, that's four democratic senators which is why the democrats would do that so they want a senate majority of democrats in perpetuity amnesty for 15 million people that didn't respect our laws our borders and our our sovereignty well that's something of great value that I'm assuming the Democrats think, well, we ought to be able to convert 80% of the people that get amnesty to voting for us. Well, that that could impact a lot of swing states. Uh, Then you add the new Green Deal. Everything's for free. Then you add, you know, open borders, amnesty, United Sanctuary States of America. You add to that higher taxes. No, no, 50 cent. I don't want to be 20 cent because it's what? 62 cents out of every dollar. And it's still not going to be enough. They confiscated everybody's wealth. They're going to get rid of oil, gas, fossil fuels, fracking, all of it. It's all going away. Joe's not going to be able to say no to his radical base. You know, activists on the court, weak foreign policy, all of it. Hey, Law Sean. And order, safety, security. It's all on the ballot in 12 days. Uh, am I afraid? I don't live my life in fear. This is not my first rodeo. I've lost elections that I, I wish we would have won. Um, I'll fight for liberty and freedom and, and the things I believe in till you know, my dying breath, I guess. But it'd be so sad. I don't see how it, America will become unrecognizable based on their stated policies. Yes, Linda. So I just had a quick point and excellent points that you're making as well. But I just wanted to say one thing to yeah. our audience, something that has been really bothering me for the past two weeks, which is if we really look at what's happening, right, from the big tech censorship to what happened with Leslie Stahl, what happened with the ice cream question, I just want everybody to think about one thing. Let's just really dumb it down and hearken back to one thing, which is that the idea of America is the concept of a free exchange of ideas, conversations, you know, being able to hear somebody else's thoughts, where, where they're coming from, their positions, discussing your own, and letting that be okay. And what we're seeing is that they know how bad their ideas are. They know how corrupt they intend to be and are already being. And so they have no desire for the American people to know that, so they shut it out. How many you times want, do you want? Hear- a, you want a great example of this? Name sure. one Democrat that gave a flying rip about a a 
a Russian disinformation campaign, a dirty dossier that was used as the bulk of information to get a FISA application to destroy Carter Page's life and take away his constitutional rights, but to spy on a presidential campaign and transition. Yeah, but no team. disrespect to that, Sean. No but, disrespect but hang on. to that. Not one Democrat cared. They no, didn't no care. average American cares either, though, Sean. And I think that's what's really missing. If I talk to somebody at the supermarket, they don't care about Russia. They don't care. But what they not, do care it's about. Not, let, me, let me tell you, you don't have a country if you're able to spread that those types of lies no, and I people agree with accept you. it. You, you know, if Russia, everyone cared about, the media acted like they cared about Russian interference, but when we found it, their silence is deafening. Agreed, but here's my, here's my really low-level point, not my high-level point. What I'm saying is it's more simple than that. It's any idea that they don't agree with, they want to silence. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, I like wheat over white bread. You know, I like chocolate over vanilla ice cream. That this is what I'm saying. It's not just about Russia or China affecting our country negatively. It's also about this deep dive into silencing American freedom of thought. And that's what you're voting for. That's what's happening on November 3rd, let me, your let me ability tell you, to think freely. If they could knock off anybody in talk radio or people on Fox News that they don't like and yep. take us out and silence us, we, you know, I don't come on the air whining every day, but we deal with this crap every A day. Every we day. deal with this crap every day. Now, I don't think yep. any of you really want to hear me whining and moaning and complaining. I, I'm not. I understand it's, you know, the cost of doing this business. Yeah. Not every, not we don't like everything, but I'll tell you, it's even more simple than this. It is every it might be appealing that everything's free, but you're going to lose freedoms that we may never, ever be able to retrieve. I don't know. How, I don't see a path back if the power grab of court packing amnesty ending the filibuster uh, statehood for D.C. and elsewhere. I don't, and the new Green Deal and eliminating oil and gas, I don't see a path back for the country. And we will disintegrate into your typical socialist hellhole. That's all on the ballot. 12 days. All right, Hannity tonight, 11 o'clock, right after the final presidential debate. Don Jr., Ari Fleischer, Sarah Sanders, Lindsey Graham, Rick Rennell, Dan Bongino, Judge Pirro, Reince Priebus, Matt Gates, Geraldo, we've got you covered. The best post-election analysis, post-debate analysis on Hannity tonight, 11 Eastern, right after the debate. We'll see you then.